0: And welcome back to Talking Salford, the podcast where we bring one or two of our most celebrated and interesting alumni back to campus to talk about their memories of their time here and to find out about the amazing things they've gone on to do since graduating. My name is Lachlan Campbell and I'll be today's host for this episode, which has been recorded and filmed here on our Peel Park campus in the New Adelphi building. Um, If you want to watch this episode in full, you can head to the University of Salford's YouTube channel to see us in crisp quality. Um, But let's get started and welcome. Today's guest, which I'm delighted to say is Matt Woodburn. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks, Matt. Cheers for very much for coming down. Um, So a little bit about Matt's story then. So he started at Salford as a big rock music fan back in 2014 doing BA Popular Music and Recording. Here, he became exposed to more other kind of genres such as hyperpop, rap and electronic music and started doing some online collaborations with other artists on SoundCloud. Matt featured in the Levi's Music Project in 2017 where he met other like-minded artists in the area and then returned to Salford to do a Masters in Music Production in 2018. After graduating, Matt moved into a flat in Manchester and started making music whilst also working part-time as a drum teacher at one of his old schools. Over this time, he grew close to and started collaborating with a number of upcoming artists in the scene, such as Deju VHS, Blazer Buckle, Nina Cobham. In 2021, Matt started renting a space in Chapel Street just down the road to use it as a studio, and last year he signed his first publishing deal with Bigger Picture Entertainment, which is co-owned by the producer digital dj and the producer and the dj digital farm animals um and also over the last few years he's been on tour with the pop band new hope club as their touring drummer really which has now gone across the world hasn't it
1: yeah 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 so first things first i understand you've just come back from seoul yeah and uh, tokyo i did a couple of days in tokyo and then seoul yeah what was that like crazy crazy yeah insane um i've never been to asia before like at all so Yeah, it was pretty wild. And you've been filming music videos as well, whilst also touring. Yeah, so it was actually only like two gigs. We did like a gig in Tokyo, and then we did a gig in Seoul. And um, during that time, we filmed a music video on the top of a helipad uh, in Seoul with uh, New Hope Club and a K-pop band called P1 Harmony. Um, It was like a promotional video, which was uh, terrifying. You don't like heights? Not at all, no. (laughs) Especially not when you're like 35 stories up, and It's just like horrible. It was like literally like the scariest thing I've ever done. How did you get up onto the helipad to begin with? Um, So there was like a, there there was a lift, thankfully, um, (laughs) which took us up to like the 32nd floor. And then you had to walk like three flights of stairs. um, And then it like just takes you out and you're just like walking up these steps. And as you arrive, there's like no handrails. You just (laughs) walk up and it's just like... The helipad and um yeah how, l- how long were you up there for like four or five hours yeah it was pretty mental like they uh <laughs> it was, yeah we didn't really get told until like two days beforehand so like no one prepared us for it apparently the k-pop group will had been asked like if they were afraid of heights and everything so they got checked in on and <laughs> but like not we... you yeah not <laughs> us we just had to like roll with it um i woke up the next morning and it was just like um in absolute my my muscles were in agony because i think i was just so tense the entire time
0: i can imagine
1: but it was a crazy experience yeah crazy experience there
0: i think touring worldwide must be absolutely fascinating but i want to start with your origin story uh so how does it feel first of all to be back on campus
1: weird Yeah, yeah it's weird it's good though like it's um i have a lot of like um gratitude towards like this place and like the time that i spent here and i've got a lot of good memories from being here um but i think it's just weird being back in a space but not recognizing like any of the people or like recognizing very few people
0: yeah because all, exactly all the people that you knew are here have moved on apart from i guess some a lot of the lecturers yeah, um, yeah
1: so why did you decide to study music at salford um i think i knew um a couple of people who had already been um at salford who'd gone gone to my college and then gone on salford so i already knew about that being like quite a good um like performance course yeah um and at the time i really wanted to get into performance and the i think the other aspect of it was that it was close enough to home that i could still go back and because i had a band at the time that was like back home and um yeah it was just like close enough and it was like don't know, like, it just had the right kind of vibe in comparison to everything else. I think I tried other universities and they either felt um, a little bit too unserious, okay. maybe. And then, but, and then on the other hand, there was some that were, like, way too strict and, like, they wanted you to be, like, a certain way. Okay. Whereas I feel like when I came here, it was, like, very much an accepting feeling of, like, this is, like, you can do kind of, like, what you want in time like what you're interested in at least for this course so that's how i felt yeah um so that's kind of why i picked this place
0: and you were into rock when you arrived how quickly did your sound change
1: once you got here um i say it probably didn't change for like 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 maybe like until i was like maybe like third year or like second year i kind of like started dabbling a little bit um um, but i always like we're still like into rock music and we're still Trying to play as much rock music as I could. Um, I think I just pivoted um, into like producing and like maybe like electronic music and working on music on my own, just out of like a necessity to create and just wanting to create on my own terms, as opposed to like waiting for th- uh, like three to four other like people to pull the fingers out and just like do something.
0: <laughs> so it, it because it was um is it, is it because electronic music can be a bit more. Um, individualistic you have more freedom and more creative control if you're not kind of waiting on other people to record or to play music with it's
1: yeah yeah
0: you own the creative process a bit more
1: yeah i mean you can essentially create like whole songs on your laptop and um that was really exciting and also like there's no like limit onto the sounds that you can make with it so you can kind of do anything um and especially like i just also like tinkering about on with stuff on my own and i feel very confident in my like creative choices um, a lot of the time. So I like working on my own because it allows me to to not have to like explain myself to other people while I'm in that process. Yeah. Because um, it's very easy to hear like a finished product and go like, yeah, that's cool. But then like no one hears like the journey getting there and like all the like r- rubbish sounds and the tries and like the switch outs and stuff that you like end up making and like the, the changes that... Um, you decide um why you're doing it no one hears that so. you started
0: making a lot of music and then put it on soundcloud what was it about that platform at that time that appealed to you to get your music out there
1: um it was just free <laughs> and uh also like um at the time like it was kind of like it was kind of around there was like a big boom in soundcloud in like 2016 like a lot like soundcloud especially like in rap music there was a lot of soundcloud rap that came out in that around 2016 um and so that was like a big platform for like for rappers and also producers because there was a lot of like bootlegs that would go up on there and a lot of like remixes and and edits and stuff so it was like a good place to to put music out and uh put music out like super easily and there was no there's like no wait time as well so like with a distributor um to, for, like spotify or itunes like because they're stores they're digital stores you have to like wait so you have to like you it's not like you upload it and it turns up straight away mm-hmm. whereas like with soundcloud because it's like straight to platform you can just upload it and then like 30 seconds later it's online it's there, yeah. yeah yeah so that was appealing so why did you come back to do a masters then um my, the biggest answer is probably time time like I needed time I think to like get on my um get back on my feet I think um because I finished uni and everything felt quite sudden like the because for three years you're just working 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 and like you've kind of got your whole life um set out and your routine set out and you know that at the end of every semester you've got a hand in and you're working towards this big thing and then all of a sudden it stops and you just like let go and let to see how how and just face the world and um i don't think i was ready to i was working at a bar and i wasn't ready to like i didn't really want to jump into like other kind of work like that i wanted to do music like i wanted to to, to essentially like my next job to be music music based or music related so I was like I looked at a master's and I figured that if I could do a master's it would allow me more time to learn and more time to develop and get better at my craft and it would give me more time to figure things out and I think okay. in some ways the master's is um I mean obviously it's way more difficult but it also is a lot more spaced out so I felt like a, a bit more like breathing room to create on my own time and on my own terms um so yeah it gave me it gave me time and um it gave me the ability to like just be back in Manchester as well because I had to move back home and coming back to Salford like three times a week four times a week meant that I could just be still be like involved and yeah. I wasn't just like gone back home and then that I felt like that would be that would have made things a lot more difficult for if I was to ever try and if I had tried to move back at that time. Um, than if I was already here and just like about and meeting people. So shortly before you
0: were about to leave Salford for the last time, um, I remember you had a conversation with one of your lecturers about your future and about the next steps you wanted to do. Do you remember a lot about that conversation?
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, it's clear as day. I still remember it now, like I think about it quite often. Um, And basically, um, it kind of got to the... the, to like the end of my master's and it felt like um i think there was a point um in my time when i was like i was trying to do the same thing i did at the end of my und- undergrad which i was like trying to get more time yeah um and i think it most, mostly comes out of fear and just like fear of the unknown and mm-hmm. just taking the jump um and so i was kind of like ready to go into a phd and like you know um i'm the type of person that like doesn't like change so okay. i'm like very like uh, so i tried to to stick stay stay behind um and like do my phd and like spend more time trying to develop my craft and um maybe go into lecturing um and he basically told me to like not do that and to like go and experience the world for a bit and try and actually make it because that's what i wanted to do really like i really wanted to go out and make it and like be a big producer and be and work with loads of artists and i think he felt like um, if I didn't try and do that fully wholeheartedly yeah. then it wouldn't happen or I would like regret it or I, and I just wouldn't have the time because I think in my brain I figured that it would for some reason be easy but like obviously PhDs are even more difficult than Masters So and lecturing is like difficult as well so like I don't think I would have like, I think he was completely right and um, yeah so he basically pushed me to just like he told me to get a bar job which was the last answer I wanted to hear (laughs) (laughs) because the year before I'd said I don't want anything else like this I just want to do music and then um, I think a couple weeks later a couple months later I just got asked to teach drums and then said yes to that It was kind of like a sign from the universe of like oh maybe maybe this is like the universe like you know trying to get me to actually go for it and take his advice so
0: Cause it's it's yeah. such an uncertain time i think whenever a student is about to leave uni because you're right there's a safety blanket the university yeah. provides and particularly in the music industry it's a big thing to jump into and it requires a lot of hard work and effort to, to make your name and to build a reputation for yourself um I think it's. I think it's such a great thing that you had that conversation with your lecturer that gave you that extra oomph to think. You know what? I can try and do this. Yeah. And make it happen. Talk to me a little bit then. Once you did, then graduate. How you started making a name for yourself in music? What were the steps that you
1: took? Um, I think mostly it was just about um, going out and and meeting people and just um being nice and just saying yes to opportunities. Yeah. Um. There's not like a secret formula i don't think um i think it was just a case of me going out to gigs going out to like networking events um going like basically messaging people on instagram trying to find like artists or singers that either didn't have any music out or didn't have a lot of music out and just like try and start working with them and um you'd be surprised at how tight-knit everything is and how close like a lot of creative people are. So if you, like, impress, if you get on with someone and impress one person, you're more than likely going to get on with, like, their friends yeah. that also create and then those people. And then there's always people, like, watching other people's stuff going, oh, I want a bit of that and I want to work on this. And, mm-hmm. I, oh, that sounds really cool. Like, I want I want to make music like that. And, and like, before you know it, you're just meeting people, like, left and right. And um, that's how I did it. On like a local scale, was essentially like just reaching out to people and just saying yes and just doing. Even sessions that I, looking back, I didn't really want to do. I didn't really like really that much, but it felt like it was like important part of like the process. Not only to learn how to make different kinds of music and how to like be in a studio setting with people that weren't like identical to me and totally like on my wavelength. But also it just felt like what I needed to do to like just get out there and prove to people that I wasn't just like I couldn't just do one thing, mm-hmm. I could do like multiple like different things. and
0: did you build a studio within the flats that you were in over that time?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know whether i would say built, but I, ha- I had like speakers <laughs> and a laptop in my in my room. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah I used to work out of my out of my like uh, my flats and uh, I used to live with, um, I tried to make an effort to live with people that were also musicians, mm-hmm. um, so they kind of understood the the creative, the process. creative process, that is, like... it just
0: happens at all times of day and night, really.
1: Yeah, obviously, you know, you ju- you've got to be respectful <laughs> and like, you know, have an agreement with people, and um, which was, yeah, no problem, but um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we ended up, uh, that's what I ended up doing
0: what what is the track that if you can look back on that process that started that clicked and started to think you know yeah I'm starting to really try and define my sound here
1: um I guess it was probably um when I started working with my friend dej um yeah. dej v h s um he basically um We worked together in London one time. It was like my first ever London trip. I think it was potentially my first ever London session. And um, he was making like, like kind of hip hop mixed with like rock. He was just shouting on like rap beats and stuff. Um, And I just thought it was really cool. And he wasn't very big. And we got into a studio session together. And then like really clicked. And then like, I think like a month later, he came up to Manchester and spent like a week with me. Mm -hmm. And said, like, we didn't know each other at all. We met one time. And he stayed at my sofa for, like, four days. And then, like, we just made a load of stuff. And then we made, in that process, we made a mixtape called um, um Hood Punk Forever, or Forever Hood Punk. I can't remember which, which one it is. But, like, we made a, uh, a thing that was just essentially, like, guitars, different kind of, like, uh, rap beats, afro beats, um, like, drill, like, and just, like, try to throw a load of stuff together. And I yeah. think that was the first time it was, like, my own music that, like, reflected all the influences that I'd had, not just from, like, that time but like from when i was like a kid playing in bands and stuff i've got you yeah it was the first time that i picked up a guitar again since uni so i think it was like that was interesting
0: why did you pick up the guitar up
1: um i was just inspired to i think like um i i stopped playing guitar for a while because i think i was like i was really like i don't know i just at the time i didn't i didn't feel like it was I felt like I wasn't, like, a good enough guitar player to really just be a guitar player. So I kind of, like, gave up and was just, well, I'm just going to produce. And then I just, like, I don't know, like, he was trying to do a lot of guitar stuff. And so therefore I was like, well, I can play guitar. Let's have a go at some stuff. And then, um, and also, like, there was, like, I wasn't finding samples um, that that felt right. So I was like, I've got to create my own thing now. I can't just rely on, like, the internet to give me, like, guitar samples and we just like see what i can make and make the actual stuff that i want to put on these beats
0: how hard is it to find a sound
1: when you're making music that feels distinctively your own um there, there's two answers i think i mean in some ways it is difficult because how do you really it's hard to define because mm. like everyone thinks i think everyone sees it as like um You define your sound by being like completely unique to everything else, which is just like impossible because Mm -hmm. there's no, we're all using like the same samples, we're all using the same sounds, we're all listening to the same music essentially. Um, And there's a certain like standard that the music industry is at and what we want to listen to. So it's like pretty difficult to make something completely unique. And even if you do, you're going to find that people will probably end up copying you and trying to do that thing. Um, So I think it's just i guess the answer is it's kind of easy if you just make a lot of music Mm -hmm. because you'll automatically just find like what you're good at and what you enjoy and it's and if you keep challenging yourself you'll find different creative ways to do things and i don't think it's necessarily how it sounds or what you're making i don't think it's necessarily like finding a sound is like is like making the craziest music imaginable that no one else could make i think it's just like it's like the music comes out based on like how your brain works it's like if, if that makes sense like yeah, you're, no. you're kind of making um ideas with like only you're the only person that's got your brain so you're the only person that's going to be able to make the music that you make i see and you'll find there's a pattern in that process and that's your sound it's the pattern that you make
0: now you kind of developed and i guess to find your sound whilst a lot of us we were bunkered up in in lockdown so yeah as a musician working did it aid the creative process that you had so much time and you couldn't go anywhere or was it one of those things where it just became so much and everything you wrote or talked about because there was so much negativity going around and it because
1: it was well it was a global pandemic did that seep into what you were writing um yeah i think i mean like to be truthful like when i when the lockdown first hit, i almost gave up music um i almost gave up producing because it was just becoming like too much it was just like just don't know didn't feel like there was an end to it Mm. um but i think with that like wanting to give up there was like a reboot of like energy and motivation when um when it did kick back in and i think i was inspired by people around me that were also having that same kind of motivation. Yeah. And I think there was definitely a like a universal thing where people were like, Well life's too short, so let's do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like music since then has become more interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think like I've not really like thought about that <laughs> re- like at all up until now, but I actually think that music since the pandemic has become a lot more like exciting. In a lot of ways, there's a lot more like the mainstream. There's there's no rules anymore, like really mm. nothing. If you listen to like the charts, there's not a lot of like there's there's stuff that's like similar together. But then you've got like like before the pandemic, I don't think that an artist like Pink Panther should have gotten as big. Okay, for example,
0: yeah, you think it's changed the scene forever? Really? Well, not forever, but just we've moved into a, n- a new generation since.
1: Yeah, I mean, like even just on a technical level, like. um People started doing zoom sessions mm-hmm. um which has completely changed the game because now there's all these artists and producers that are working with each other like overseas and are doing sessions on video calls and um I see. Yeah, yeah, that's like completely changed it so now you're getting like you're getting influences from all around the globe and people doing like stuff from everywhere and I think like zoom sessions have kind of been a thing before that, but they really became a big thing um like like recent since yeah, the pan- yeah. pandemic because of that so it's it's so much easier
0: for say if you're working with a producer or an artist in australia you can make that happen now when before it wouldn't have been so simple
1: yeah 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 for sure okay and
0: that that no, i hadn't really thought about that that's that's fascinating um i think so working in music comes with its own pressures um you got to write the next big hit you got to write you got to make a living through it somehow um, and there's so much competition that goes on there in terms of trying to uncover the next new sound, the next new artist. How have you coped with those pressures?
1: Um, I think it's just about accepting that no one's got the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spoken to a lot of different people because I've struggled with that about like putting like a big pressure on like, you know, like f- having like a, a, a hit and like a mega smash and having something that goes like crazy. But the truth is that no one really knows what can happen because there's artists out there that have got all the budget in the world that for some reason just don't land and the music's great, but people are not resonating with it. Mm -hmm. And there's some people who literally just pick up a microphone in their bedroom and go on TikTok. And then all of a sudden they're like the biggest artist in the world. Um, So there's no way of like really knowing. Um, And I think accepting that like you're just a human being and actually your purpose on this earth is not to make a mega smash hit it's just to like enjoy yourself yeah um and for me like i'd love that that would make me that would make me happy to have a big hit but it wouldn't also like make me happy forever and that's Mm -hmm. like accepting that even if you got that it's not gonna solve like all your worries and it's not gonna you're never gonna fully get you're always going to have problems and you're always going to have like difficulties to face and stuff and it's just accepting that actually like the journey's just as important if not more important because a lot of the time even when you're releasing music and songs come out um they're coming out six months after you've done them a year after you've done them, two years like some songs that have been made where the beats were made five years before it reached the artist and so at that point it's like the release date's almost like not even that important it's like the important part was the journey and how it got created and how it ended up in someone's hands and and that's like that's the exciting bit um so yeah it's just like being grateful for for the journey and like the experiences that you make
0: what's the most enjoyable part of writing a song so what i mean by that is are you someone that loves songwriting are you someone that loves getting in the studio working with an artist or are you someone that loves just seeing it out there and hearing it in full for the first time
1: um I love making music I think i it's really nice when like you hear your song um somewhere or like people play it or you see that it resonates or like um I've been grateful enough to be able to see a lot of my my music live like performed mm-hmm. live by the artists that I work with um over the past year and that's been really cool um but the ex- the most exciting bit is like making the mu- the song it's like seeing it from its very first like idea in its purest form and then seeing how it ends up and in- and that in that moment at the very beginning there was an infinite amount of possibilities of what could have happened with that idea yeah. and it just so happened to be this song and that's a uh, yeah that's the most fun bit because most of the time like you're just making music with your friends or yeah. people that are, like, similar to you and care about the same way about music. So, yeah, I think creating music is, like, more fun for me.
0: Well, what does it start with? Is it, like, a certain instrument that you always start with? Is it kind of... Is it a line from a song that's kind of just in your head? Or, like, what, at this basis form,
1: what gets your creative juices flowing, basically? Um, I don't have, like, an actual, like, full answer for this, but it's just hearing something that, like... um inspires me um so it could be like um it could be like a guitar part or some chords or it could be like a even just like a sound and a second I play a note you just hear like where it could go um it you know it could be like you're making something you've got a beat and then someone hums a melody and then you're inspired by that so it's like it could be literally anything yeah Um, i try not to do i try not to start the same way every time because i feel like if i do that i'll just make the same same thing yeah so i try and like keep it varied and i'm always trying to find like like different ways of doing something just to see what i can come out with um so yeah
0: interesting now one thing uh, i mentioned before we start recording but i'm quite keen to hear your thoughts on um i'm fascinated by the way uh music is shared and distributed these days and particularly tiktok I think it's changing uh, the way the industry um, sells itself, I think, mainly. And what I call is the TikTokification of music. Now, that's mm. my own word, but I'm inventing it here. Yeah. Um, so as a producer, when you're in the studio, when you're talking to an artist, do you think that that now factors in when you're recording? So, for example, there is some kind of voice or some part of that process that says, do we have a short section on this song? that is going to be shareable for this song where people hear a snippet and that's going to get the buzz going around this song
1: um i think there's like i think there's 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 artists and there's right songwriters and stuff that definitely have that in mind um when they're writing music yeah um i try not to have that in mind and i cuz i find that if you just let things happen when you reflect on it you go oh that bit could be really cool um for like to post on tiktok yeah instead of going in i think it's always better to just make what you would normally make and make what's authentic to you and then go back and go oh could this work or how could this work or whatever uh, instead of go instead of making music for that because i think if you make music for a platform it's forever just gonna sit be for that platform and i don't think you're at that point you're limiting yourself from making timeless music like Whereas if you're just making the music that's authentic to you, it transcends platforms. It transcends like TikTok, it transcends Instagram, it transcends all this stuff. It's just the stuff that is authentic to you and no one can take that away from you. And um, in like weird turns of events, like I've I've made a lot of different music and some songs I've made which have had the, the intention of being more mainstream than others. And for some weird reason when the artists I work with post the weird songs on TikTok that are, like, no song form, no chorus, like, just weird. They're the ones, for some reason, that get, like, crazy numbers. Yeah. It's really bizarre. And then, like, it begs the question... It really begs the question of, like, what actually works on TikTok? And the answer is, like, you don't really know. So it's best to just make the music that you want to make, post the songs that you like, and post the ideas that you like, and more time, that's going to be the stuff that resonates with people. Because if you love it, then someone else out there is going to love it. But if you're just doing it just for TikTok and you're not really that bothered and you're just doing it to get a quick buck, then it will never work. works. People can just see through it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it, there is no logic to some of it. As you say, like some old songs that have been released a couple of years ago they just end up getting shared and it's like a, it's a trending song or it's yeah. a trending music and it, there's no rhyme or rhythm to it. it. It it just happens. Yeah. And do you think the music industry fully <laughs> understands how to use this app or do they just think it's, you know what, we'll just throw it out there and see what happens.
1: No, I, th- I don't think anyone does. I think the people who do know how to use it, are the kids that use it every day. Yeah. I think there's like this like thing at the minute, like because TikTok is so powerful um for like the music industry i think there's like there's a load of artists that for some reason are like i hate tiktok and they begrudgingly use it because Mm -hmm. they're like well i've got i guess i've got to if i want to make music and if i want to release music and and like and like there's a lot of labels that won't sign people unless they've got like a tiktok following wow yeah so like but it's not because from my perspective it's not because like those artists are bad or they've not got streams or whatever I think it's just because like labels want to know that you're moving with the times Mm -hmm. and you're prepared to move with the times because people think like oh Instagram's like normal now but like 10 years ago or whatever like everyone was like I'm not going to Instagram Mm -hmm. like I've got Facebook why would I need Instagram and it was the same exact thing and it was the same thing with Vine and it's the same thing with TikTok and after TikTok there's going to be another thing and you've just got to be prepared to just go with the flow Mm -hmm. and just accept that like it just is what it is and I think people um, underestimate the fact that you've been we've been given this incredible tool to market and advertise our music in no way that we've been able in in like yeah in in no way that we've been done we've been able to do it before. I don't know if that sentence made sense, <laughs> but we can now like do all the marketing that you would have to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds doing on like any other platform. Yeah. But for now, with TikTok, it's all free mm. and it's all organic, and yeah, it's like annoying. Like you know, we want to all make music, but unfortunately, like. avoid it yeah and even frank ocean has like marketing budgets and stuff so it's like you know we've all got to like um we've all we've all got to like market our our music and TikTok's like free and i've seen careers be made out of it Mm. like countless times and it's like so for me i think it's incredible like i think it's like the best thing that's happened but i understand why people don't like it I,
0: i think that's so interesting that there's a as you say there is like a distinction in the industry of people that either embrace it as yeah. you say or they just don't like what it's doing. So no, no, I think I think that's fascinating. So let, let's talk about your other main job. Uh well, not main job I guess, another job that you've been doing which is as a touring drummer for New Hope Club. Yeah. So that just happened when they just they put they asked for a drummer and you were available at the time and now you've yeah. just stuck around really, I guess.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just literally been like going like with them um for the past like 2 years and it's like yeah f- seeing the world yeah 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 and we've got like a we're doing the busted tour later this year as well uh um, that's cool which is pretty crazy yeah, yeah yeah it's just like everything's happening like um with those guys um so yeah it was just like saying yes to opportunities and just like just yeah being down to do it and just like yeah because why not that was kind of the whole ethos behind it
0: you write your own songs when you're on tour with them? Do you keep that creative juices flowing?
1: Yeah, I, I try to. So, like, um yeah, well, there's a lot. You, you kind of have quite a lot of downtime in between, like, um days and stuff. And, like, yeah. you know, especially like we did an America tour last year. And I would, for some reason, wake up at, like, 7 a.m. every day. So I would, like, use that time to work. Mm-hmm. Um So, yeah, I, I've been – you have a lot of time to work, but – in like a weird way as well um so with doing the asia tour with those with those lot um i then stayed for like two weeks and did a load of k-pop sessions for like two weeks just because i was already there and it was a good opportunity and it was like kind of why not there's not a lot of times that you're going to just be in like a country all across the world like doing that and meeting and able to meet those kinds of people so it was like yeah, it's just like it's also given me opportunities that I wouldn't otherwise get if I was just a producer. Yeah. And it's it's allowed me to get into rooms of people um just based off like just based off like the the relationship I have with those guys, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah.
0: no, no it, it does. Yeah. Um so what what do you want to be
1: remembered as as a, as a musician producer? If you could write your legacy, what would it say? Um I guess someone who just like pushed the boundaries um and try to like push the envelope for new for new like sounds and um just like a new way of approaching um of music um I don't necessarily want to be like the richest or the most famous or have the most amount of number one plaques although that would be lovely in the process (laughs) um but I just want to be I guess remembered for just making music that was like unapologetically me and not really worrying too much about like how other people are going to perceive it and rather because actually the music that is most me has been the stuff that's resonated with people the most from what i can see so i'm like just like keep going on that train it's a great answer it's great thank you
0: uh, so now we're going to do like a quick fire, I guess, of your, your Salford recommendations. Um, yeah. So I gave this to you at the start then. So it's <laughs> Yeah, I've got it on my phone. <laughs> <ready>. <laughs> <laughs> Let, ready let's run for it. Uh,
1: so first off, favourite music venue in the area? Um, my favourite like main one is like, yes, because that's where like a lot of the touring artists come. and okay. I just think that's got the coolest vibe. But in terms of like local music, I think my favourite is either Gulliver's um, in Northern Quarter or The Eagle, which is, like, round the corner. Um, and it's just, like, in this weird little industrial estate, and it's just there, hidden away. Like, you wouldn't know about it unless you knew, like, the band that was playing there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cool. All right. Um, best artist to come out of the area? Um, my favorite, uh, My favourite artist, like, rapper, is a guy called Meeks. Like love Meeks, he's amazing. Not from Salford, I don't think, but he's from Manchester. Just like I just love his music. Um, but actually, the best of all time is an artist I work with called Honey Gloss. Okay. But and but they're like, (laughs) they're like gonna be on the rise and they're gonna be massive one day. So that's the best. That's the real answer. Well, there we
0: go. I mean, it's great you got that in now, just before they become big.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so what's your secret place on campus? So I guess what I mean by that is um, when you were a student in Salford. If you just wanted your own downtime, where would you go? Um
1: downtime it would be above the so in the Adelphi cafeteria, okay there's like if you go upstairs, there's like those there's like three tables. Yeah. That's where I would go every Monday morning at like eight AM. Um, me and my friends would go there and just work for like four hours and just like in like we just get coffees, get breakfast. And then just work there and work on music, just, like, the four of us. That's cool. Yeah, and that was, like, that was because like, you were always going to a, a place and, like, it just tucked away. Like, you wouldn't be, like, seeing, like, loads of people there. It was just, like, a really great spot. But then to be social, I guess, like, the pint pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was probably the the downtime place. I see. Yeah.
0: So, right, going to the last one then. So what should every Solford student do before they leave?
1: Um this is just for like just cuz i think every, it's a rite of passage but everyone needs to get drunk on a thursday night and get really hungover and then go to the masterclass on friday at, at midday um it's a rite of passage and you'll feel horrible doing it but you need to do it at least once um but um actually a, the a, a real answer would be <laughs> to like go to um go to as many gigs as you can and mm-hmm. just like um, just try and just like, yeah, say yes to everything. Like say yes to things on campus, say yes to, to things like off campus. So mm. uh, just, just go and like experience it for the fullest. Cause you never know when you're going to get like opportunities like you do at uni again. Like, um, cause the real world hits you, <laughs> it hits you kind of hard, <laughs> but, um, yeah, just say yes to stuff. I think everyone should do that and just. Go out there and just in, embrace everything—the bad, the good, the ugly—you know, all that. Matt. Now, your your professional name is is Mattu. So, where where can
0: people catch the music that you've made or um or listen to, listen to it? Yeah.
1: Um, my Instagram is at prod by um, and that's like I think all my socials. But um, Spotify. Um, I've got a playlist called like it just says produced by Mattu. Okay, it's on my page. My yep. my Mattu spotify page as well um and that's got like every song that i've produced over the at least over the past two years Mm -hmm. maybe even longer as well but yeah it's got like over 100 songs and stuff that i've made so that's probably the best place to hear everything but um and it keeps it'll get updated like every time something releases so yeah that's the place
0: Thanks very much for coming down to speak to us today. Amazing. Thank you very much for having me. Your long walk from Chapel Street.
1: I know. Yeah, so long. (laughs)
0: So close to here. Yeah. Um, So that's it for today's pod. Um, Listen, if if you like what you've heard, make sure you check out all future episodes by subscribing to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, But until next time, goodbye.